Greetings! Comixology now has over 18,000 digital comics for sale with 800 free. Download us for the iPhone, iPad, Android, Kindle Fire, or the web for a true buy once and read anywhere experience. Comixology.com This week's Major Spoilers podcast goes out to Marco Salomo, William English, and Nathan Olson, who are all members of the Rebel Alliance and traitors. And also, this one goes out to them. And I'm your father. Yeah. No! <laughs> so I'm going to go to Tyson Station to get power converters, old man. Power Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, 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 The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to issue 381 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could join us. Hey, I forgot to make my 360 degrees. <laughs> so, uh, kind of apropos that we're continuing on the uh, Star Wars theme. Uh, George Lucas has announced he's retiring. Yep. No longer going to meddle oh, wow. in the affairs of, of mere mortals. Mm-hmm. It's going to ascend to that higher plane and become one of the gods. Yes. George people, Lucas I mean, has finally hit heroic You know, there's gear. there's all these, I mean, some people just love, love, love George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Bow down at his feet. Yes. And, I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about it, George Lucas has done some great things. Invented nonlinear editing. I mean, in modern day digital nonlinear editing. I mean, traditional film is really nonlinear editing. Right. But invented the edit droid. It helped advance special effects technology so that he could make all of his Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. Helped write and and produce and direct Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. one and four, so you know fifty fifty percent right there. Um, you know, television shows, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that George Lucas has been involved in. Built a a, a several billion dollar empire, if not trillion dollar empire. Mm-hmm. Brilliant uh, business mm-hmm. marketing. I mean, who else? Who else would say? Yeah, go ahead and have the 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 box office movie receipt rights. I just want all merchandising rights. Yep. Yeah, okay, kid, fine, whatever. We're going to make a man off this. He's made, not going to make a buck. Made Ron Howard a star. Well, I think, yes, you're right. Uh, but then there are also a bunch of people that hate mm-hmm. George Lucas with a passion. They're, they're so much so that they even have, you know, petitions about stop changing our movies, George Lucas. Uh, you've got a movie called The People versus George Lucas. Uh, just a lot of general hate out there because of every tweak that he makes. Mm-hmm. Um, every tweak. What I mean, what's the big deal? Do we need to stop hating on George Lucas? Um, well, no, not necessarily. Not uh, really. Yeah, I think that it, it, it's pretty interesting because... Um. A lot of the hate towards George Lucas right now comes from the fact that he's gone back and changed things that people loved. Mm-hmm. Basically, 
you can see the prequels as major changes to the Star Wars canon. Right. And you can certainly see the major changes that he's made to Star Wars in the special edition right. uh, version of Star Wars. Um, you know, having characters do different things, adding scenes where different things happen, adding extra scenes to things, so on and so forth. Greedo shoots first. Greedo shooting first, having, you know, showing right. scenes of like, uh, what I want to say, Naboo celebrating at the end of the mm-hmm. movie, taking out um, the guy who played Vader and putting in Hayden Christian Christensen. Hayden, yeah. I'm Hayden Christensen. Hello, everyone. Um, I banged. What's her face? Rachel Bilson. Ra- Rachel the Black Bilson. Swan. Yes. Um. So, but again, Rachel this is... Bilson. Yep. B- Carry on. Okay. <laughs> Matthew's mind yes, now, blown. Now that, now that Matthew's mind has caught up. Um, <sighs> but it, it, this... So I was like, people are justified for being upset about that sort of thing. Right. Definitely. Right. Um, and then uh, a couple days ago, I saw a, uh, a thing on YouTube um, posted by... Um, Philip DeFranco. He's a pretty mm-hmm. popular uh, YouTube blogger type. Right. And um, he was really happy that Lucas was retiring. Beginning. And I believe, uh, this is somewhat paraphrasing, but he basically said, this man stumbled onto something great and then proceeded to ruin it for years. And that's just not true. That, that is the same revisionist history that we don't want Lucas to do. Right. Um, yeah. George Lucas. Exactly changed the game he changed mm-hmm. the freaking game mm-hmm. modern movies are what they are because of scorsese George spielberg lucas. and lucas along with a bunch of other and a bunch of other people who was gonna say but you know i guess there could be a, a shift where yeah, our generation and, and maybe yours too mm-hmm. spielberg lucas scorsese Coppola. Right. But then, you know, today we've got a different set. We've got Absolutely. the McGee's and the Kevin Smith's. Absolutely. And the, that but all those guys right. are Change the, game. the next generation right. from that school. Mm-hmm. And they are doing things differently from that school, but not that much. Mm-hmm. Really, the, well, what are the what are those guys called? The film school brats? Yeah, the film school. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys started that paradigm shift, and mm-hmm. we're still red shifting away from right. classic movies. Right. Um. Yep. And the guys that we yep. have on today are still following that trend. They're not mm-hmm. saying, oh, no, we're not going to do big budget, big spectacle, action, action mm-hmm. heavy um, mind benders. We're going to do something else. Like, we are still making movies like that. And it's right. those guys that got us on that trend. George Lucas is very important to film history. George mm-hmm. Lucas is <laughs> extremely important to Hollywood history yeah. because he invented the modern marketing scheme yes, he did. for movies. Yeah. Yep. And the the guys who became Pixar mm-hmm. became Pixar because they started working for ILM. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of the the yeah, this is Lucas the thing. was gonna write going them into off the nineteen fifties jobs and 60s. Said, hey, let me just yeah. mm-hmm. buy those up. I don't have anything to do now that they fired me from Apple. In the 60s and 70s, science fiction was a very maligned and sidelined genre. 
there was a while in the 50s where it was a big thing, and then all of a sudden it was just kind of like, oh, well, uh, everything's kind of, you know, we're going to get these really weird movies. And if you ever watch Mystery Science Theater 3000, you know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's these movies where I was a teenager from outer space or mm-hmm. whatever you're looking at. That that oversaturation and, Lucas, and basically the propagation of the B movie right. is, is really what killed exactly. science fiction movies. There is a great scene. And Lucas scene. looked at this and went, there's still a story to be told. And he right. told that story. Ooh, boodaloop. But he told that story in that science fiction you know, genre and made that science fiction genre meaningful again. And for 40 years, we've been dealing with the fallout from that. Yes, absolutely. There is a great scene in that 70s show. I think it's the very first episode of that 70s show where um, Red and his son uh, are going to the movies and they're going to go see this Star Wars movie. And the kid wants to go so he can mm-hmm. make out with his hot girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Red's just going because he's got nothing else to do. And you're doing this pan across everybody in the audience. And you're getting to that part where it's like, this is dumb. This is dumb. And then, gabong! And you just see both Red and, I forget the son's name, both going, oh, Eric, holy Eric. crap, this is awesome! Yeah. And that's what George Lucas did. He created... He created the awesome. Right. Now, and and basically what I'm getting at is you have to have both. You can't, because George Lucas has, you know, and you're you're right to be, if you're upset at George Lucas for screwing with Star Wars, you, mm-hmm. you have a right to be upset. Sure. Certainly. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, I mean, everybody has the right to have whatever opinion that they want to have, whether it's the change of a, of a character's name mm-hmm. or what shirt that you're wearing today or what grade you receive or whether you... Uh, decide to change your film or not. Right. But on the, you know, I don't like some of the changes that Lucas made, and that's my opinion. But at the same time, I honestly think Lucas has the right to change his film if he wants to change his film. He does. I, I think it's it's amazing that to this day, Lucas continues to be a pioneer mm-hmm. because he pioneered the idea of making continuous changes to mm-hmm. a work mm-hmm. that is uh, like a single film. Right. And he pioneered the fact that you shouldn't do it. I mean, it, somebody to an extent, in yeah. the future, somebody might do it right. Mm-hmm. But George Lucas had the idea, yep. what if I actually go back and make that movie what I actually wanted it to be? And I think to a certain degree, yeah. it's what he now thinks he wanted what mm-hmm. he now feels that the movie should have right. had mm-hmm. after however many years of thinking about it of sitting there thinking how can i make more money off of star wars i know jawas <laughs> more jawas yeah well and there's also that that you know there's always that urge to go back and say man i wish i could fix this you have no idea how many times when I'm, you know, at sitting and I'm writing stuff for major spoilers, I'll pull up something that I did before so I can say, hey, did I make this exact same joke? And the answer is always yes. <laughs> but I read it and I'm like, geez, I wish I should edit that. And, you know, it's an article from 2008 that nobody's going to link to, but I want to fix it. Mm-hmm. And if I were George Lucas in George Lucas's shoes, there are things I would want to change. But Here's the thing that the the problem with George Lucas is two pronged. One, basically, he's the overcat 
which is the only word I can think of that's the opposite of the underdog. He's mm. the big cheese. He's the fat cat. He's the person that Oliver Queen ranted about from 1970 to 1989. <laughs> He's the guy who's got it all going for him. So, of course, people are like, yeah, we're going to poke holes in that big, you know, over overblown weather balloon. But secondly, he made things that connect with people. He made things, I mean, for me, there's a lot of stuff that Lucas has been involved with. I remember American Graffiti and going, yeah. Yeah. I have and that's no idea what 1963 was like, but by God, I like this movie. American Graffiti came out like four years before Star Wars did. Mm-hmm. And yet a lot of people just focus on yep. Star Wars without really thinking about well, the audio mixing and the sound and the unique style of filmmaking that he did in American Graffiti, which oh, is yeah. very cool. Now, granted, he didn't do it first. I mean, you have to go back to touch of evil and see that well and and the might and the matrix didn't do bullet time first but you know what sure they they made it work yep they certainly quantified it and they crystallized it Mm -hmm. and that's the thing you know no matter how many howard the ducks you make you're always the guy who did star wars and no matter how many (laughs) willows that come out of your face you're still the guy who did indiana jones hey what's wrong with willow you you have that movie Of course you do. But you have to look at this from the perspective of people are mad that he changed Star Wars because Star Wars means something to them. And in that expectation, you know, there's kind of an unsigned contract between creator and and uh, consumer, I guess is the better phrase for it. And that thing is, I'm going to keep making the things you love and you keep supporting and loving me. Right. You know, I, I had a guy once who said that the fact that Bill Watterson would not merchandise calvin and hobbs was a clear violation of the unspoken contract that he had signed when he started reading calvin and hobbs (laughs) well george lucas is the exact opposite george lucas you know you're like you want star wars toys i'll give you star wars toys you want star wars books pajamas when i was a kid i had sheets pajamas and curtains my son is still wearing star wars pajamas and star wars sheets Mm -hmm. so you know what are we I have at? I have a Millennium later. Falcon on the table in front of me right now. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a little McDonald's toy. Nobody I, I don't understand. Nobody complains when Apple or Microsoft release an enhancement or a new feature into their operating uh, system. But they do. They do if they don't like <laughs> if it. They don't like it. If That's they true. remove a we feature you like from constantly. a program, there is a, there is a groundswell of complaints true. about it. Um look yeah. at, do you look remember at the new final my silence. That wasn't a free yep. release. Do you remember oh, my sure, silence sure. after you about... finally talked me into upgrading to Firefox? Yeah, how's like, that iPad going for you, too? How's that iPad going for you? But this is the thing. People always react like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yes, you are absolutely within your ability to say that George Lucas is an idiot for having Greedo shoot. And here's the thing. People say Han shot first. The true understanding of that situation would be Greedo didn't shoot. Mm-hmm. because Greedo didn't get off a shot in the original. Right. Han shot him right in the chest. And in 1977, I went, that's awesome. Space pirate, boom, shot him in the head. In retrospect, 1986-87, when they're looking at this and going, hey, you know, we want this to be a family-friendly trilogy of movies, I can see why they want to have Greedo make that first move so Han doesn't look like a cold-blooded murderer. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that decision, but I can sure see the brain behind it. Mm-hmm. So if you say, you know, if you say, as the, the, the Framistat did, that George Lucas had one good idea and coasted on it, then you're definitely underselling his influence. Now, oh, yeah, yeah. you can hate him all you want, 
you love him, you hate him, but he matters in a way that a lot of creators and honestly, a lot of people really wish they could. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. One thing, though, that I don't know, maybe still bothers me and maybe bothers a lot of people is I don't mind sheets, clothes, T-shirts, action figures, comic books, soundtracks, video games, Legos, blah, 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 blah. And the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. But something that seems rather odd is when a creator will sell out their creation for a commercial, a a non-related commercial purpose. I guess, and and mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, there was a a video, and I it's a Japan or Korea or, or I think it was Korea a, a Korea commercial where they're selling a time uh, something warp LE cell phone, mm-hmm. and the piece right. is Darth Vader is standing in line at the bathroom, and there's a long line of stormtroopers in front of him, and Darth Vader is doing the potty dance, and suddenly he goes warp, and he teleports yes to you know the like ladies in, room you know like in star wars yeah, like in star wars and he teleports to the ladies room which is immaculately clean mm-hmm. wow uh is that what the ladies room no, is really that is like? how women's restrooms are from wow. what i understand wow and then he immediately runs into the uh yeah. into the into the water closet to do his business doesn't seem very Star Warsy mm, to me. No, or just like we had this great mm. little tease a uh, week and a half ago, two weeks ago, of this brilliant piece with Matthew Broderick getting up and saying, how can someone, opening the curtains, how can someone go into work today? Boom, boom, boom. And if you've seen Ferris Bueller and love Ferris Bueller the way I loved it growing up, you're mm. like, oh, Ferris Bueller is back. And then you find out that come Monday morning, it's all a... It's all an ad for the new Honda CRV, mm-hmm. and they're lifting bits from the movie, from the Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and recreating them and, and doing that. To me, just as like, ugh, why? Is that selling out? Is that is that something that should be acceptable, or, or, or am I falling into that same thing of, George Lucas, you idiot, kind of, of, of mentality? That's, that's three questions, though. Is that selling out? Is that acceptable? And are you falling into yeah. a category of so schmuckery? Three questions. The Go answer ahead. question three is always yes. <laughs> yes, you are. You are being a schmendrick. Question one. Is that selling out? By every definition of selling out that I understand, yes. Yes, it is. You're taking your character. You're licensing them for purposes other than just telling a story. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, hey, it's all right if you have Fonzie brand underpants or it's all right if you have Back to the Future shoes. You know, that type of that type of branding is selling out merchandising. Right. right. Merchandising by itself would be selling out. That's where the money is. But is that is that the wrong kind of merchandising? But, well, I don't know that there's a right or wrong kind of merchandising. I mean, it, it depends on whether you ascribe a motive to it. If you ascribe some sort of you know, for lack of a better word, alignment chart mm. to the prospect of merchandising. Because it really comes down to, are you compromising the integrity of your artistic statement? When your artistic statement is a seven-foot cyborg from the future in battle armor, I don't know if showing up in a ladies' room is going to really undermine the integrity <laughs> of Darth Vader. First of all, it's a Korean commercial, and there is a long and happy tradition of American actors showing up in you know korean japanese pacific rim commercials and making these jokes and you know being part of these in jokes that never see the light of day in the west 
You know, it, that's actually the the way I understand it. A lot of actors make a lot of money. Oh yeah, doing sure that. they do. Sure they do. Hmm. But when you when you say someone's a sellout, there's the implication of disapproval of you're selling out. You're you know that that little hipster thing of I liked you better before you sold out. Mm-hmm. But it, it, George Carlin in the '80s did a bunch of uh, TV commercials for. I don't know, some phone company. And people are like, you know, well, George, how can you make fun of advertising and say that advertisers are, you know, are ruining this country and destroying everything and the media is is controlling everything and killing everybody and then make this commercial? And George's answer was basically money. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, commercialism as a concept and selling out Really, I mean, that's a very personal thing. That's going to fall on where your moral spectrum is. Do Mm -hmm. I think that George Lucas has destroyed my childhood? Some people like to use the R word, and I I don't like that. Has he destroyed my childhood image of David Prowse striding onto that ship? Find her. She's on board the ship. By having him appear in a can in Korea? No. Aiden Christensen did that. Rodrigo, what are your thoughts? I don't think it's a I don't think it's a big deal. Um it is weird when the tone of the thing doesn't match the tone of the original, mm-hmm. right? So obviously this thing yeah. with um Darth Vader is weird. Um I think there's a lot that goes into it. I think that the companies are trying to cash in on that image. Right. But they're also risking that emotional minefield yeah, of yeah. actually I- you know, if you are like, oh, Ferris Bueller, awesome, and then he's advertising a car, and he's advertising a car that you would not think Ferris Bueller would <laughs> right, drive, right? largely that <laughs> commercial has succeeded in s- screwing Ferris Bueller for you a right. little bit, and that is what enrages people. You know, last year in the Super Bowl, or two years ago in the Super Bowl, they had that mm-hmm. wonderful little spot where it's the kid walking around in the Darth Vader mask, and he's trying to use the Force to do mm-hmm. his stuff. And it's very funny. He's trying to get the dog to move. He's trying to get his mom to give him an extra snack. It ends up he goes out into the front uh, where the car is, and he's using the force, and all of a sudden the car starts up and honks at him. Mm -hmm. He freaks out and and runs, and it's his dad starting the car remotely and laughing. That I thought was cute and adorable. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not sure that if suddenly Darth Vader appeared on my television screen going, you will buy a new CRV this weekend. I'm not sure that I would be like, mm, yeah, thanks. I'll, I uh, mean, that that commercial smoke. was <laughs> that commercial was he the right yet. way to play it. Yeah. Um, and there is there is a right way to play it. I, you know, the the whole Doc Brown being in like an Argentinian convenience store commercial. Well, or it was an electronics. It was like a Best Buy, big box um, store kind of thing. Yeah. You know, was that the right way to play it? I think so. You know, Back to the Future is a pretty weird franchise already. The character's mm-hmm. a wacky inventor. I don't have a huge problem with that. Um, but again, when an, an advertiser decides to do something like that, they have to look at the property, and they have to be prepared to deal with the flack that they're going to get if they mishandle the property, or right. perhaps more importantly, if the fans feel that they mishandle the property. They're in France... There is, you know, they've got, uh, they're re-releasing Star Wars Episode One mm-hmm. in 3D. Mm-hmm. And so there's this big push and how can we cash in on this again? And in France, uh, I, I forget, it's it's some burger 
joint thing. Mm-hmm. They've actually got hamburgers. Le that burger represent, Yes. They have uh, hamburgers that are supposed to represent various characters in episode one, or just various characters in the 3D franchise. Hamburgers. So you've got a uh, you've got a uh, Darth Maul hamburger where the bun is red, mm-hmm. and then you've got a Darth Vader hamburger where the bun, all the breading, is black. That's, that is Burger King. Burger King oh, is has it Burger that King going France? on, yeah. Okay. Or is it here in the U.S. or just I France? I think so. I could have sworn that I saw it somewhere. I see that, and I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to order a Darth Vader hamburger because I've been conditioned from, you know, however you want to put it, millions of years, thousands of years of uh, tweaks to the body mm-hmm. that you don't eat stuff that's black, especially black bread. Yeah. And that just looks creepy. Black bread, rye bread is, you buy the right kind of German rye and it is coal black. It is, you know, the, the color of the soil that we know in Kansas is the color of German rye. So yeah. I'm not necessarily afraid of that, especially since I like a good uh, rye bagel. But I think that you have to ask yourself, what does a black hamburger have to do with, with Darth Vader? And the answer is, do we have an adult tag yet? No. Is he black? Is Darth Vader black? No. What what it really comes down to is precisely fuck all. I mean, I apologize right, 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 for that. And right. I hope I didn't offend anybody. It has no it has no tying. And by the way, the line goes like this. What does Master Yoda look like? Um, he's bald. What else? He, he he's green. Does he look like a Sith? Does he what look like a Burger King sandwich? Master Yoda look like a Sith. Hmm. But this is I, a I tasty Darth really... Vader burger. <laughs> <laughs> Mind if I borrow what? some of your Coruscant shake to wash it down? But I what would be even more funny is of... if he's doing the uh, doing that and talking about his own character, Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Well, who are they going to come Mace out with Windu. Mace Windu? That's good. <laughs> Mace Windu. I had a Mace Windu, and then I had a regular Windu, and sometimes you got to clean the Windu so you can see out the house. But I think that there's also a question here of we're talking about Darth Vader. And I think that it, to some degree, and I am extremely, uh, extremely susceptible to this, especially in, you know, my response to some of the, uh, the relaunch of DC Comics is mm-hmm. these are the icons of my childhood. You know, changing Superman's S and taking away his trunks doesn't mean a whole lot. Darth Vader, if Darth Vader makes a pee joke in Korea and it sells, you know, whatever they're selling, I don't know. Phones. If it sells, you know, brie, brie cheese plates or whatever they're selling, does it really necessarily, I mean, does that tree falling make a sound? Are we taking our characters too seriously? Hmm. I mean, Darth Vader is basically a spaceman from another planet. And aside from the fact that Star Wars is kind of, you know, it's it's a, a rite of passage for guys in their 40s. But it's a rite of passage that is essentially, you know, a, a, a purely imagined experience. It's something that we have all experienced, you know, sitting in a theater or sitting in a home theater or staring at a TV. We experience this Darth Vader. We know Darth Vader. We encompass the Darth Vader. We get all existential. But Darth Vader is literally a man in a plastic costume voiced by another man. You know, it, it's not as though Darth Vader is a heavy icon of, of, you know, our culture. 
Although I guess that is true. Yeah. You know, say, what, what's the problem with George Lucas selling, selling phones with Darth Vader? What's the problem with, I mean, where have we undermined the, the greater good of our society? I guess when the effect is by lost. saying, but uh, is and, the effect right really now, lost? Well, it might be right now. I would say there is a huge, huge saturation of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know George Lucas's retirement is timely to a certain degree because I think we're gonna see we're really getting to the point where the bottom is gonna fall out of Star Wars. I think. That oh, this is the. I, to be honest with you, this I, is the I last. Think, I think last that straw. it's it's getting to the point where people are tired yeah. of it. You know, once. Robot Chicken did its like fourth Star Wars mm-hmm. thing, and Family Guy did its second yeah, Star Wars this, thing. This and is what's going to happen: is. Star Wars jokes in every sitcom. Yeah, after get... after they re- release these three D, and I, to be honest, if the first one does well, maybe they'll have the other two and three. But um, I, I, I really, think they're probably already committed oh, to it. Uh, they may release them, them on DVD. They'll but make them I'm not up. sure about the theater, but. Uh, you're right, Rodrigo. I think we're going to see this retreat just like after 80, 85, 86, 87, there was a general retreat from Star Wars and you mm-hmm. didn't see it again until, what, 97. Um, yep. You're going to see that, that dark period of time where you have some comic books and you have some other things going on, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be walking down the toy aisle and you've got a whole toy aisle devoted to Star Wars. Right. You might still have a few Star but Wars toys. there will always be. Star Wars toys. Yeah, there there will, Margaret but it's not going to be it's not going to be a, a mile long aisle at the this Toys is, R Us. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, let's see how he plays this one. Margaret Thatcher, when she was the Prime Minister of Britain in the eighties, stated once that you have to let your poppies grow tall. Your poppies basically representing whatever it is you do in life. So when you look at there's something called tall poppy syndrome, which means that whoever is at the top of the food chain, your George Lucas, the guy who's like there or your Star Wars as a concept when it's this so fully saturated, people want to chop the heads off them tall poppies. Yeah. They want to just knock them down and, you know, they're knock them off their pedestal, you know, knock them off their little their little silver throne. And no, I think that's with anybody, you know, anything. the receding. Well, the receding tides of Star Wars will come and go. And they, I mean, honestly, after episode one, I remember there being a huge backlash. And then all of a sudden, episode two is like, hey, we're going to have Boba Fett. And everybody went, what? You know, and they're like, uh, and Jillian Anderson might be playing Mara Jade. And everybody went, what, what, what? So I think the the tide, it's going to have an ebb and it's going to have a flow. But what it's really going to break down to is Star Wars is that tall poppy. And human nature, human schadenfreude is to want to see that, that person who has succeeded or that concept that is everywhere. They want to see it fall down and trip on its face and Bob Saget make fun of it, you know, and it's, it's what we do. But then it, it, you know, it also says Star Wars, what is Star Wars to us? Mm -hmm. It's a movie. It's a story. It's a story that somebody told that resonated with people. You know, what, were we all sitting around campfires, Star Wars would be a story that we would all tell and we'd carry to the next campfire. And it would be something that would, you know, carry down from family to family and it'll become part of, you know, our cultural myth. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think that, you know, Darth Vader appearing in a 30 second commercial where he has to tinkle is necessarily going to undermine that cultural myth of a 40-year-old movie. I, I do think that, you know, the point of selling out is valid, but selling out in and of itself is basically neutral. Your reaction to selling out 
is what's important. So if you're that, you know, if, you, if you're as hipster as a mustache on a kitten and, you know, you, you hate the fact that George Lucas makes money off this thing and it should be all about the purity of his art. Well, then, yeah, you're going to be the guy who says, no, don't pervert my artistic Darth Vader. And then if you're me, you're going to sit there and you're, you know, going to tell your dog spot to keep to, on typing. To be honest, to be honest, Matthew, I, I think you have a good uh, a, a good answer and a good perspective on it. Except that I don't think you're as attached to the Star Wars franchise as other people might be attached to the Star Wars franchise. Well, and that's and I mean, that's for everybody. I mean, everybody is that way. Rodrigo may be more into the uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, franchise. franchise, and I would be more into yes, the Batman franchise. And, you know, other people are going to be into the My Little Pony uh, Best Friends Forever franchise. Mm-hmm. And so friendship and this is, is really magic, where, Stephen. This is where you yes, bad it is, mouth My Little Pony. Um, I didn't badmouth it. Uh, but, you know, the the term fan, uh, fan comes from fanatic, mm-hmm. and people who are true fans do get fanatical about these kinds of things. So while I don't think any of us mm-hmm. are super attached to Star Wars, and so we can say, hey, there are some people that are very passionate about it. And right. I'm sure when they come out and try to downgrade the Tyrannosaurus Rex to just an oversized turkey, mm-hmm. then we'll see Rodrigo's vengeful anger I, honestly i think the... I, actually i don't i don't care about that <laughs> that is a whole different topic yeah, yeah yeah but i don't i don't care about that i actually and... think it's awesome that turkeys are little tiny t-rexes <laughs> yes that is awesome um but, but I mean, you know change is gonna you know, if change if is gonna happen the same thing with big one i'd be mad yeah big one from the super sentai franchise but oh man i would still say Eh, he's a 60-year-old guy. What do you And, and I guess I've kind of gotten to that point. I mean, people say, well, Stephen, aren't you really upset about what they've done at, at, uh, at, with Batman and DC and all this thing and the Shazam thing? I'm like, not really. I guess I've, I've come to this realization that, you know, they can do whatever they want with it. And if I don't want to read it, I'm not going to read it. And if I like it, and it I'll might, read it. It might and be better. It. Yeah, it might be better. Let's see and, what and, happens. I've been complaining and, about it. There might be there might be good stuff there, and then two writers later they'll take yeah. the good stuff from here and the good stuff yeah, from yeah, before, yeah. and they'll yeah. mesh it together. Well, you know, it's um, all these things are going on at, at DC, and really, I mean, uh, a lot of things. They've changed their logo. They're changing the Shazam. They've done the new Fifty Two. You've got uh, Oni yep. also changing their logo. You've got Bongo Comics changing their logo. You've got new ways yep. of delivering comics today digitally. Uh, you've got a whole yep. slew of independent uh, uh, comic creators uh, being built up. And with Kickstarter, you know, a, a lot of books that would never have been made before are finally getting made. Matthew, have we entered into a new age of comics? I mean, I think we had this discussion like three years ago. But have we entered we did, now into I, that I, new age, the the uh, w- w- with the stainless steel age or the adamantium <laughs> age or whatever age point, that we are in? Three years ago. That we said that I said no, but basically when we talk about the ages of comics, the comic books, as we know them, pretty much debuted circa 1938 ish. Yep. Yep. And the golden age of comic books really lasted till about 1949, 1950. There was kind of a lacuna in there, if you will. The silver age of comic books for me started with the first appearance of Barry Allen. That's ended. Oh, that's not the same thing. Oh, okay. It's not the same thing. Ended <laughs> when Hal Jordan and uh, Green Arrow teamed up. And what, what about you work for the blue skins and the orange skins? That was the point where we entered a bronze age, you know, a different kind of expectation. And I think that bronze age ended with Crisis on Infinite Earths for me and entered what some people are referring to as a copper age. 
because you can't call it the modern age anymore. It's not really modern. It's 25 years old. But getting into that phrase from like 1986 to, I would say for me, 2011, that copper age, some people call it the dark age. Some people call it the dork age. That point, I really feel like three influences have made it possible. And I think that this will be 2011, 2012 will be retroactively declared the beginning of a new age for three reasons. One, Stephen, for years you have said to me, you know, it would be great. What's that? Digital day and date. Yeah. We got it. Yeah, we have. The majority of our comics, the majority of our comics are available digital day and date. Yep. Over 50%. So, that's and one. not from just DC or Marvel. Mm-hmm. No. Cross the board. In fact, you and DC I, and Marvel were late to the party. Yeah, they were. Yeah. You and I grew up with DC comics, the Batman, the Superman, the, the Flash Gordon, the Shazam. Wonder you know, Girl. All of that. The DC comics Actually, as the only Captain Marvel. the only right <laughs> the only company that has been active since the golden age is DC right. and right. DC is kind of the bellwether of this and DC's mm-hmm. relaunch in 2011 is DC saying dun 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 nah, this is it they did this in 86 mm-hmm. 86 is considered to be the ends of the bronze age with you know Christ on infinite earth they did this in 56 the beginning of the Silver Age, when they said, you know what we should try? We should try that superhero stuff. DC, as much as people love Marvel, and God love them, Marvel's got the Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four and all those other jack wagons. DC is the bellwether of this. And I think that DC's chop it and relaunch it in 2011 will be the beginning of what now will probably be known as the modern age or the digital well, age of comics. I'm I'm curious about that. I mean, if it's... Yeah, maybe it's called the digital age, but I'm curious about that exact point. Are you, are you saying New 52 was that point? Because one could argue if, if we're saying, I'm the, saying the, the Silver people... Age began with Barry Allen, Barry Allen's return right. would have signaled the return of a new uh, age. Not necessarily. See, Barry Allen's return was, was uh, John Jones mm-hmm. for me. Barry Allen came around in 1956, but there were other heroes of the Silver Age. Uh, heroes like Captain Comet, heroes like John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, mm-hmm. heroes like um, – actually, I keep thinking Animal Man, but Animal Man actually wasn't until 65. So he was slapdash in the middle of the Silver Age. But the Martian Manhunter showed up a couple of years before Barry Allen, four years before Hal Jordan, and was kind of a harbinger of what was coming. I feel like the return of Barry Allen – the return of Barry Allen was actually – the last gasp of that copper age, you know, what mm. we've known as the modern age, mm-hmm. because it was saying, you know what? We're going to take the Silver Age storytelling. We're going to take the modern age Sturm and Drang. We're going to take the golden age joy of Framistattery, and we're going to stick it all together in this pattern, and we're going to just roll it all from day one. I think that the DC relaunch. Uh, yes, I actually do. And I think that that's what it is. Is um, and we're not quite there yet, but this is this could be seen as that point where things start to turn. It is DC saying, "Well, you know what? Maybe this uh, this like uh, slavish devotion to continuity is not doing anybody any good. Mm-hmm. So let's take each character and see them do their thing. And eventually, I think that uh, 
no, what's his name? Sid McDuffie, the guy who did the uh um the Tommy Westfall yeah, thing. Dwayne McDuffie. Eventually mm-hmm. his treatise on what continuity should be is going to become the Bible for comics. Mm. And we are seeing that start now. Mm. I like it. I like it, Matthew. I like it, Rodrigo. All because I said digital comics. Yay! Somebody mentioned digital <laughs> comics, so Steven's in it. <laughs> I'm hey, sold. Steven's hey, happy. Steven, the, the new version of Star Wars that is all babies. Not interested. Features digital comics. What? Digital comics. <laughs> I'm sold. Where do I pick up my co- my copy? Can I get it over there at comicsology.com? Hey, Not a plug. A 12-issue yes, limited series with Darth Vader in a Korean bathroom. Not interested. And uh, digital comics. What? And digital comics? I want one of these. That was an actual spit take. <laughs> I am now covered in soda. <laughs> That's pretty great. Digital That's comics, why I, I want I one now. on the other side of the state. <laughs> oh, you okay, know what else Steven. is cool? Y- yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a Salvador Dali and Stalin working together to build a time machine. No, sorry. So that actually sounds comics. kind of awesome. <laughs> not not interesting. Digital comics. <coughs> what? Holy cow, I'm sold. Where do yes. I get a copy? Uh, they're going to go back your in local, time and they're uh, going to fight. You know what you you know what that actually sounds like a plot to? Uh Time Lincoln. What? Mm-hmm. Have you guys read that series Time Lincoln? I haven't I haven't gotten a chance. It's Time Traveling Lincoln. Teddy Roosevelt. Well, you got to watch out for that guy. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't trust him at all. So. Right, Teddy Roosevelt, time traveler, not interested at all. Right, digital comics. What comics? No, <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt, time traveling. Teddy Roosevelt actually held back digital comics for a whole that like, five son years of a bitch where they should have come out yeah. because he misplaced he a loves bunch of thumb drives. That son of a bitch. <laughs> He's the reason why Rob Liefeld is writing and or conceptualizing every third book in the new 52. Teddy Roosevelt actually is Rob Liefeld. If if you want a good laugh, go back. And I think they think they've collected the first arc at time. time, I think it's just called Time Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Go back and read it. It's hysterical. Um, They should call it a Lincoln time. Uh Uh, Anything else for the cause, gentlemen? Nothing. Um, not hearing anything. We will now move on to uh, closing arguments. I like it. Yes. And Matthew? That's Rodrigo's line. Uh, my <laughs> line is one of the things. Aye! All right, everybody. That wraps up for this week's show. Thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience. If you think what you Framistat. heard was worth Crap, your I time. I to say Framistat this episode. Hello, future people. If you think what you've heard is worth your time and you would like to help the cause... Head over to Majorspoilers.com. There's a link where you can donate. And remember, by making your donation, one-time donation, Rodrigo, yes. somebody donated a crap ton of money this week. Nice. And specifically because they said they enjoyed the hell out of the final episode of season three of Critical Hit. Well, I'm glad. So you can make a one-time donation. You could mm-hmm. make a $2 a month recurring donation or a $5 a month recurring donation or a $10 a month recurring we, donation. We Someone s- said, how do I make a $20 a month recurring donation? Nice. Two ten dollar recurring a month donations. Yeah, there you go. I, I appreciate everybody that does that. And so when I go to the store and I get twenty five dollars cash, they say, How do you want that? I say three sevens and a four. There you go. <laughs> uh, there that's you what go. we should set up. 
Really appreciate everybody that does that. You know, what what you do by making those donations ensures that the Major Spoilers podcast, the Critical Hit podcast, the Top 5 podcast remain free to you to where we don't have to charge you to download that fee. Uh, people who donate, and the more people that donate means we don't have to resort to some Kickstarter campaign to try and raise money to do a show. Mm-hmm. We want to do stuff uninterrupted. And now that we're at the end of season three and we're getting ready to do some other stuff, we'd hate for season four to be delayed while we tried to do a Kickstarter campaign to raise twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars right. to do the next season. So more people to donate, the more things that we can do. We've got we eat a lot. They do. They come to my house and they we're, eat. We a are lot. like locusts. Um so uh, again. We appreciate everybody who donates, and if you can donate, we appreciate that as well. Next week or next time on the Major Spoilers Podcast, issue 382, we're going to be taking a look at Daredevil Born Again. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we'll talk with you real soon. It's a trap. Greetings. Comixology now has over 18,000 digital comics for sale with 800 free. Download us for the iPhone, iPad, Android, Kindle Fire, or the web for a true buy once and read anywhere experience. Comixology.com. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the ons Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew to kick my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers It's copyright 2012